Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it is to live more simply. So today we are going to talk about one of those homeschooling topics. It's been a while since I've done a homeschooling specific episode. And as always, even if this episode is um, based on homeschooling topics, I really believe that anyone who is listening, whether you homeschool or not, will get a lot out of it because we're going to be talking about homeschooling a houseful and how to survive the younger years and thrive in the teen years. And many of these principles will apply just if you have children. So hopefully you will be encouraged either way. Before I start, I wanted to thank my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is an amazing Christian publishing company. We've used their homeschooling curriculum for as long as we've been homeschooling, our entire homeschooling career, and we're on our 14th year. Um, We love all of their uh, resources, and I wanted to especially let you know that right now they have a Welcome Home ebook that is packed with homeschooling information and encouragement, and it is free. It is written by veteran homeschooling parents, including... Uh, Davis and Rachel Carmen, Deborah Bell, Sherry Seligson, and Jerry Smith. There are homeschooling articles, devotionals with accompanying scripture color coloring pages um, to be used during devotion time. There's eight printable scripture cards that are ready for laminating or framing, and this is all free. So what an encouragement. If you are homeschooling, if you're thinking about homeschooling, go check it out at Apologia.com. So today we're going to talk about homeschooling, a houseful, and how to survive the younger years and thrive in the teen years. And we'll talk about really laying a good foundation In the early years, you know, I always talk about building that relationship with children and how important it is because you will harvest some great fruit later on in those teen years. I absolutely love having teenagers. Right now I have um, an 18-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And I, I just adore them now as people, right? It's no longer these babies that are so needy and needing things, which I loved the baby years, but I have even loved them, you know, loved, not loved them more, but loved each stage more. Like you grow with them. I remember thinking when my little ones were little and they were all little at once, it felt like I had four and they were all, um, born within like two years, two years of each other. And then the last one I think was three years apart. But at one time, it seemed like they were just all little at once. And I remember um, my husband's grandmother, bless her, she's 90, almost 98 years old. She's like the wisest woman I know. And she had told me back then, you know, I know right now when they're little, you can't imagine it, like them getting older. Because I remember at one time when when Grace was a baby saying to Steve, ooh, one day she's going to be like eight years old. Like, we couldn't imagine ever having an eight-year-old. Well, now she's 18. And so I remember my husband's grandmother saying, "Um, you know, you grow with them. She said, you don't imagine now that you'll have a teenager or an adult child, but you also grow with them. And that was such... 
that's such truth looking back because in each stage we have grown together. You know, I'm no longer the mom of a little one. I'm now the mom of, you know, an adult. And so I have grown into that role as well as them changing um, seasons and and getting older and all of that. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about, you know, um, some practical stuff as well, like homeschooling multiple ages and how on earth do you, I mean, I I don't want to say only had four, but I know that many homeschool families are large and they have lots of kids and, you know, um, we're going to talk about some practical things, how to make life easier and um, how to really thrive and to work together and to really enjoy the homeschooling years early on because, I do think many of us are just trying to survive it and um, get through it, but there is so much um, goodness in every stage that may we never just try to get through and try to survive. But, you know, the hope would be that even in the hard stages, that you would come out on the other side um, stronger for it, especially in your relationship as a family together. And so we're going to talk about that stuff. Um, And really, like I said, how we can uh, survive when they're little, but it's so worth it and thrive later on. So I remember when I was homeschooling early on, and many of you know that my family was completely against me homeschooling and my mother in particular. Um, And I remember being pregnant with my fourth. And so at that point, he, uh, let's see, when he was born, Grace was seven. So when I'm pregnant, you know, what is she, six, seven years old. And so um, I remember um, my mother saying to me, like, you know, so I think she was, I guess, first grade. I remember her saying to me, well, at this point now, you're going to stop this homeschooling thing, right? Like, you can't possibly have a baby in homeschool. And I remember just being like, no, of course we're still going to homeschool. But I remember her just thinking that that was un imaginable to her she was like you're gonna have a baby and you're still gonna homeschool like how is that gonna get done and I remember saying to her and at this point you have to remember we were not on good terms with the homeschooling thing yet they were so against it in the early years but have since changed their their tune uh completely but I remember saying to her I said ma that's what I call my mother ma I said ma she's it would be harder right now to actually put them in school than it would be to homeschool. Because at that point, um, one of my, all right, so let's see. Yeah, one, Grace was in elementary school. Um, Let's see, Luke would have been in preschool or kindergarten. And, you know, I remember saying, because I did send my children to preschool at our church. I remember saying, so I'm, I'm going to be leaving the house early with a newborn to drop one off at school, then to go drop one off at preschool, then to go back halfway through the day to pick one up at preschool, then to go back in the afternoon to pick one up from, you know, elementary school, all while dragging around a two-year-old at the same time, um, or a three-year-old, I should say. <clears throat> So, (laughs) and a newborn. So it just seemed like it would actually be easier to homeschool because we don't have to go anywhere. (laughs) You know, you're nursing the baby while you're reading books. You're, You're not running out the door. You're not trying to like 
have the baby fit into everybody else's schedule, right? You can really just let the baby develop a schedule because you don't have to run out the door and get people to school. And then, you know, it's not just getting them to and from school. It's all the other little activities that are going to come, you know, with that. Maybe it's parents' day at school or there's a field trip or, you know what I mean? There's just a lot of extra stuff. And so I remember saying, Ma, it's going to be easier, actually, if I'm homeschooling because I will be able to be home (laughs) and to be taking care of everybody and not running around. And that did prove to be true. I can't imagine you moms out there that have little ones and are, you know, not staying home or working out of the home or whatever. I don't know how you get out of the house with a baby at six weeks old. (laughs) I just remember being so grateful that we had our slow routine. You know, I wasn't sleeping at night. I'm exhausted and I'm nursing the baby in the morning and, you know, all of that. So as hard as that season can be, it can be a really beautiful season. I think it's a gift to our children if they are um, being homeschooled and you have babies, right, coming into the house, to witness all of that beauty. And I know it's not always beautiful, right? Because sometimes you're just so tired. But overall, right, to be able to take part and to just, as a family, take care of the baby. I remember like Grace was seven and that first year I was like, this is actually easier having a fourth because she would sometimes change the diapers for me, right? You know, she was able to do stuff at that point. And I remember saying it was actually easier to have a fourth than when I had like the second or third because the older ones were able to actually do stuff and be helpful. And that was just huge you know that was so different and that was a good thing so I can imagine even if you had a larger family right and you have even older ones as you're bringing more and more babies into the family that it actually can be very helpful it doesn't have to be a hindrance you don't have to look at it as you know how could I homeschool now because I have a baby Um, and I know that's a very real and valid concern some people have said to me you know I do homeschooling consulting and um You know, I I talk to a lot of homeschooling families all the time and they'll say to me, you know, I just I don't know if it's going to be possible to continue homeschooling because we have a newborn. Maybe I need to put my child in school. And I, you know, every family has to decide what's right for them. I'm not here to say, no, you shouldn't at all. But that's between you and God. But I also just want to like turn the table for a minute and just kind of like question so you can kind of make a list of pros and cons. Is it harder? Is it easier? You know, and what would be so difficult and and all that. And so getting past the baby stage now, let's say you're homeschooling a houseful, right? You've got preschooler, you've got an elementary. At one point, I had all of the above. I had a preschooler, an elementary, and a middle Okay, I never did up to high school at once, but I did have different levels ranging from preschool to elementary to middle school all at once. And there's people out there who are doing preschool, elementary school, middle school, and high school all at once. This is what I want to tell you. Number one, the older they get, the more independent they get. So that becomes easier. Um, But when I had mine and they were younger together put it that way they were all kind of pre-middle school age 
we just did a lot, a lot of stuff together. I have an entire episode actually just on ideas for homeschooling multiple ages. Um, so I'm not going to get into depth about that because that would take up, like I said, a whole episode. But there's so many wonderful ways to homeschool a household, to homeschool multiple ages all together. Many of the subjects in the younger years can easily be grouped together. Now, outside of math and, you know, language arts, because our kids always have their own math curriculum and their own language arts curriculum for their age-appropriate level or wherever they were at in their developmental level, um, but science and history and reading aloud and um, uh, geography and and art and... Um, music, and all these extra things. There was so much that we did together as a family. And it's actually such a beautiful thing because I remember just loving, it's like that old-fashioned, I guess, you know, one-room schoolhouse mentality. I just remember like not realizing one of the huge benefits of homeschooling um, a houseful and all different ages was going to see the older ones really becoming like mentors to their younger siblings and the younger siblings really um, looking up to the older ones. And it was really a beautiful thing to be able to see those relationships form in the early years, you know. We're kind of in that mentality, at least I was growing up, that, you know, I went to public school and had very traditional upbringing that way and um, I don't feel like you had that kind of um, fostering of relationships as much not that you I'm not saying kids that are in public school don't have relationships with their siblings but it was like that kind of separation while well, you're in you know ninth grade and I'm in sixth grade or whatever it was you know plus you were just apart all day long you went one way with your class and they went another way with their class but at home, it was a more symbiotic relationship, I guess. Like, everybody worked together. So while, yes, we were kind of at different places in certain subjects, there was a lot that could be done together. So, for instance, science could be done together. We, and, and actually, I talked earlier about apologia. We used apologia science. They have curriculum, from, and this is in no way to, like, um, influence what curriculum you know I'm not trying to say go buy it because of this because there's many different ones but um they had particular curriculum that was from k to six and that was wonderful so what we would do is we would buy the textbook and I would read the lessons with them and we sort of just went at our own pace I didn't make it like we had to stick to a certain schedule we just kind of read as much as we could that day and some days we didn't get to it and that would be fine and then what was nice about Apologia was they had notebooks that went with the curriculum. So one would, they had a junior notebook and then a regular one. So like my, say, older elementary, fourth, fifth, sixth would get the older notebook and then the little ones would get their own little notebook and they would feel like, you know, they were a part of it too. So you could read the same text to them and then you can just have the little ones maybe do a coloring page or something more age appropriate and the older ones are actually writing out definitions or doing something, you know, more at their level. So that's one way that you can homeschool a houseful and thrive. Grouping them together as much as you can. The biggest benefit is 
you're fostering relationships within your family. Another benefit is, just an aside, another benefit, it takes a load off of you, right? You're not sitting down and doing science for five different kids or four different kids or seven different kids. You're doing science together, building that relationship, which is the most important thing. Everybody's, you know, spending that time together, learning together, because then when you're at the dinner table that night and you want to tell daddy what you learned, everybody can kind of talk about what they learned in science that day because they all learned it together. And then you can throw in that, like like I said, that age-appropriate or developmental-appropriate extra work to sort of, you know... Um, supplement from the text but you could do the experiments together and you could read you know I always did the reading of the textbook together um, aloud while they listened and I will never regret those early years I look back and I know that they were hard and while I was in them I was probably complaining like we all do and you know whatever but I will always look back now and think wow what a blessing it was to do you know life to do school together um, even when it was hard, what a blessing, because now I look at my children, we are a tight knit family. We have invested in these kids and, you know, not just because, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. I love my kids, right? We all love our kids and we love, be I love being with them. They're a joy to be around. They are funny. They're loving. They're fun. Oh, I adore them. And so, you know, we're like our own little, we always say like our own little posse. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's really, or our own little, what do we call Our own little clique. We're our own little clique, right? They're my people. So this, though, has all come up because we have homeschooled all, you know, over the years. We have homeschooled um, them together. And we've done this together, right? We were all in it together and built a family, built relationships, centered that on the Lord, centered that on God. Now, I'm not going to sit over here and try to make it sound like it was always hunky-dory and perfect because there was a lot of imperfection. There was a lot of things, you know, people losing tempers and days that were just plain ugly. But you have to remember that this is a process. There is no instant gratification in homeschool. There is no instant gratification in life. We're all on a journey walking with the Lord. And it's a, it's a journey of growth. And so I can look back now and say, yeah, we had some hard days and some hard patches and some hard months and some hard seasons or whatever. But we didn't give up. We didn't say this is hard, so we just can't do it. When it gets hard, you say, all right, Lord, I'm trusting you that this is your call on my life because I really believe that homeschooling is a calling. This is your call on my life and I know that you're going to work through this for good. And he always has. And I can see the growth now that we're on the other side of some of those hard seasons, the growth of some of those hard months the growth of some of those hard days, you know, we often talk about those still, like, we'll be like, remember that day when, you know, your brother had the tantrum out in the parking lot, <laughs> like, we talk about it at the time, it was not something to joke about. But we recognize all that God has done. And I encourage you, if you are a mom of a bunch of little ones, and you just feel like you can't get through one more day, I promise you, 
hang in there and hang on to the Lord. If you do nothing else on your hard day but pray with your kids, read the Bible with your kids, you're going to be all right. Because that is what matters most. That is what will prepare them for life. That is what will prepare them to handle anything that life throws at them, that they are equipped with God, to walk with God. And so, you know, homeschooling a household doesn't have to be an intimidating thing. If you can keep your eyes on the long term and say, this is going to be worth it in the end. See, we have to recalibrate ourselves. We are, I believe our society and our culture has trained us to have this instant gratification mindset because we're like the fast food generation, right? We want something to eat. We get it. We want something from the store. We Amazon Prime it. We want, you know, something um, right now. We go out and get it, right? We're very trained to get things instantly. I think I have an entire podcast episode on that as well. But I'll have to check the archives. If I do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link it. I'm almost positive I did a couple of years ago. Um. But homeschooling is not at all about instant gratification. So if you have that mindset, you have to kind of recalibrate because what happens for many of us is we are thinking, well, the curriculum didn't work because we're, you know, a weekend and my my kids are complaining, so I'll have to look for something new. Sometimes it takes a really long time until the light bulb goes on. Kids mature at different paces kids are kids. They're not adults. I think that is a problem sometimes. We try to make kids fit into an adult mold. We think that they think like us. We think they should act like us. We think they should know things that we know that have taken decades of experience to know and wisdom, right? We're like, oh, how can they be so foolish? Well, they're not 44, therefore, right? So sometimes we have to reshift our thinking and remember They are on their growth journey from childhood till adulthood, and it takes 18 years. So a bad day, a bad tantrum, a bad, you know, week or month, we've had really bad seasons. I totally get it. I get it. You have to remember that does not define your overall parenting. It will define it if you let it define it. Or you can say, how do I not just survive this moment? How do I look at this moment as part of our journey to thrive? Because one day you will look back when they're 18 years old and say, wow, I mean, I look at Grace now. She wouldn't care if I told this story on here because we joke about it now. I look at Grace now and she's out there at college. She is thriving, just thriving. There was a time when she must have been seven years old that Steve went in her room. We still don't remember why. We talk about this story. I don't know if it was because her room was messy or something or um, we don't remember or if she was talking back. Probably her room was messy and then she was talking back when we told her to clean it. And Steve went in her room and he removed every object from her room except her bed. He took out every single thing in her room and he put it in our room. (laughs) And he said, you're going to earn it back. You've got nothing but a bed. And so I look at that and I'm like, wow, 
I could have wallowed in, you know, despair at that time and said, wow, my daughter, she's, you know, whatever it was. I don't know if it was her room was messy or she was defiant or whatever. Like this isn't working. Or I could have realized this is part of the journey. And my response now is what is going to shape the next step and the next step and the next step. And so, you know, now I'm happy to say I couldn't imagine (laughs) having to like punish Grace that way because she's just, you know, she's grown into a beautiful, young, godly woman. So always remember when you're in the thick of the little years homeschooling and you feel like you can barely survive, what are they going to remember later on when they're 18? I used to think about that all the time and that used to help me in the moment to to kind of focus and not get caught up in the moment and say, okay, what are they going to remember about me? Are they going to remember that I'm screaming right now and losing my temper because I am just so overwhelmed? Or will they remember that mommy just like took a step back in the moment and said, you know what, guys, let's pray about this. Let's, let's, we're having a bad day. We're having a bad week. Let's, let's put the school books away. And let's go to God. Because quite frankly, if you're just surviving the little years and you're just having bad day after bad day and you can't get them to do their schoolwork and nobody's happy about their schoolwork and they're complaining, then put the schoolwork away and go to God because it's a heart issue. If you're working to please the Lord, you're not going to have that complaining spirit. If you're working to please the Lord, it's going to become an easier task to get them to do their schoolwork. But this is a training process. So I don't want you to say, hear this and then tomorrow say to your kids, you know, the one that's having the tantrum, I don't want you to say, okay, well, what does God say about this? Because I would always say to my kids, what does God say about how you're acting right now? What does God say about this attitude we're having right now? Like, What does he say about a complaining spirit? Or what does he say about, you know, lack of discipline or et cetera, stuff like that? Your child isn't in that moment going to be like, you know what, mom, you're right. I want to do school. This is a process. And I'll give you a really good example and hopefully an encouraging example of why you need to press on and why you need to hang in. And this again, I'm going to talk about one of my children, but he knows exactly that I've used this example before. And this is well with his permission because I've used this example with others. He pretty much complained about doing school from the time he started kindergarten until about halfway into last year, which was his eighth grade year. And every day I would say to him, and I'm telling you, this was my challenging child. So moms out there, I know the struggle. I I totally know that there's struggle. Some kids struggle more than others. And so every day he would complain and every day his attitude was poor. And every day I would say, honey, you know, what does God say about this? And how is our attitude supposed to be and all that? And I would say to him, why are you, why are you still complaining? And, you know, I was like, this is not how God wants us to behave. And every day you're complaining. I'm not going to say, oh, you know what? You're complaining. So yeah, you're right. Let's not do school. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. I finally said to him, it's not going anywhere until you are 18 years old. You are going to be schooled. I am going to school you through high school. And it's not going anywhere, no matter if you complain or not. So why don't we just not complain? And this went on daily. Eight years, nine years. It's like I said, middle of eighth grade. And finally, this like maturity level hit. 
and he stopped complaining. And he started getting up early in the morning to do his schoolwork. He has a real attention problem. He started getting up early before everyone else and doing his schoolwork. And I was like, wow, that was an amazing decision. And you know what he said? Well, if I do it before everybody else wakes up, I don't have anything to distract me. He realized in his own time what he needed to do. And so that came with maturity. At five, at seven, at 12, he was not going to have the maturity level to make that decision. But at 13, 14, he did it. And so it took a long time. And I have to tell you, He's a joy now to homeschool. He can still complain every once in a while and all that. He still jokes around with me like, oh, mom, what'd you say? We're not going to do school today, you know, as a joke. Um, But it's different. His spirit has changed. And so I see God working in him as he grows and matures. But we like I said, we have to remember a five-year-old is not a 15-year-old. A five-year-old is not a 35-year-old. And I think sometimes we just have these expectations where we make it that we have to do these things um, or our kids have to do these things and they're just not capable yet. So in order to thrive in the early years and not just survive, recognize that this is you're in this for the long haul and it can be beautiful and trust me, it's so worth it. And you're in it for the long haul. And every day, there may be new challenges. And every day is an opportunity to get closer to the Lord, you yourself as an individual, and you as your family together. Every day is going to be an opportunity for you guys to build a wonderful, tight-knit family because you're together. You're, you're tackling life's challenges together. You're tackling the hard stuff together and pointing your children to the Lord in every single thing. When you have hard times, when you have a complaining spirit, when you have attitudes, when you have all that stuff, point them to the Lord. When you have successes, when you have joys, when you have celebrations, point them to the Lord, right? All these times so that they can be pointed to him. Teach them his word, right? So that they want to know him more. What a beautiful thing. Be in the word together as a family. Pray together. Worship together. When my kids were little, we used to put on YouTube in the morning when they were all little in our homeschool day. The first thing we would do in the morning was read the Bible, pray, and worship together. And I tell you, those were some of the sweetest moments. In fact, my 14-year-old just said to me recently, remember when we used to do that when we were little? I don't know why we stopped, but we did. We used to do that. And we put on like YouTube, so you would have the words to the worship songs, and we'd all sing together. I don't know why we stopped doing that. I sort of wish we didn't. Um, But it was such a fun time, because I remember holding the baby on my lap, and he'd be like, wah, wah, wah like trying to sing the songs and it was so adorable and the other ones you know were bopping away with their hands up and singing singing praises and that was a wonderful way to start our day I would encourage you if you got little ones worship worship together in the morning you don't have to just survive the early years you can thrive recognize that there's no instant gratification 
that it you are in it for the long haul. Some days are going to be difficult. That's okay. That's part of it. Um, and, you know, like I said, you can group kids together in different um, subjects so that they can be learning together. And then you're not just learning together to make it kind of easier for you, but you're also building relationships. You know, the relationship between my kids, there's all so many different dynamics, but you know, like the older ones with the younger ones. I mean, oh my goodness, I'm going to cry just talking about it. But if you haven't seen my video over on, I have it on Instagram and I have it on Facebook on my Simply Living for Him page, go check it out. It was last weekend. My daughter, Grace, who's at college, she's 18. Um, she's out there about two hours away from us. And it was my little guy's 11th birthday. And she was at college. And for the first time, we weren't all going to be together for a birthday. And she had said to me, oh, that morning she texted me and she said, I wish I could be there for Ethan's birthday. And I said, yeah, I wish you could too. But we were going to be seeing her on Sunday. She had a concert, so we were going to be driving out there. So I was like, oh, don't worry about it, honey. And I didn't know it, but she told my husband in the middle of the afternoon, she just decided to come home and surprise her little brother. Not only did she surprise her little brother, nobody told me that she was coming home. And so what a surprise. I've never been so surprised in my entire life. We had gone bowling and we took the little guy bowling. That's what he wanted to do for his birthday. See, we don't even do birthday parties. That's like we do family things. That's what he wanted to do. We all went bowling Friday night. And so we had just gotten to the bowling alley. And I sent a message to Grace and I said, I wish you were here. I really wish you were here right now because I, I just missed her. You know, we're celebrating as a family and she's not there. And I look up. And she's walking into the bowling alley and she's goes, what? You wish I was here? You wish I was here? I'm like, wait, what? It was so fun and so crazy and I still can't get over it. But she did that. She surprised, she drove, well, she should have drove, uh, driven two hours home. Something happened with the GPS, blah, 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 traffic. She, it took her four hours. If I had known that, Lord protected me. Because if I had known that she was out there on the back roads of Pennsylvania driving home four hours in the dark, I would have been a crazy mom. But I didn't know that. So, um, yeah, isn't that what it's about? Like, she came home from college. She gave up her weekend to come home and, and go bowling with her brother. And it was so special. So this this is the fruit, but that doesn't happen when they're five and seven and, you know, they're not right at that point. I know they're probably fighting a lot. You know, there's a really good book called um, uh, Making Brothers and Sisters Best Friends. I don't even know if it's, I think, I think you can still get it. I'll check Amazon or I can link to it in the podcast um, uh, webpage, uh, uh, episode webpage for this. Um, it is written by homeschooling teenagers. It's a very old book. We read it when they were little. Um, and it just talks about, you know, that our society and our culture kind of talks, um, makes it seem like sibling rivalry is the norm. And this book changes that. It says, you know, um, it it's, it's so it's kids like talking to kids in the book, um, saying that 
you know, God put you in this family and each person has a unique part of that family. And it's really about fostering beautiful relationships rather than just conforming to the culture that says brothers and sisters are supposed to fight. That book really changed our life. When the kids were little, that changed our perspective. Now, we had to read it a few times because, you know, you read it, it sounds great, everybody gets along, and then a month later... We're like, let's pull out the book again. Everybody's starting to fight. (laughs) So there were years in the early years where there were struggles. But as they grew up, they became the best of friends. And so it is 100% possible, but it takes work. It takes work to constantly remind them of these truths, you know, pointing them to God. You know, what does God say about your sibling relationships? This isn't how we treat a brother and sister. And um, it's just a beautiful way to sort of shift your thinking. So you don't have to just survive the the, um, early child years. You can thrive. You can build a family. Um, you can homeschool a houseful. The wonderful thing about homeschooling a houseful as well is, you know, just practically speaking, you have um, such an opportunity to teach them not just the relational skills, um, you know, like I said, building relationships. But you have so many opportunities to teach them through chores and through work and through different responsibilities at home um, because, you know, when you're homeschooling, I feel like the house, you really need to stay on top of it because you're all home all the time. There's all the extra school stuff. There's, you know, more meals to prepare because you're all there all the time. But you then enlist everybody, you know, gets different jobs. And, you know, you can teach your children to cook. You can teach your children to do, um, you know, all the chores around the house. And it really becomes part of the lessons of homeschooling is really teaching your child work ethic, and taking care of a home, all life skills that are going to matter in the end. And I'm telling you, when you get to the teen years, they are not scary. You can thrive. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. We all have had issues, you know, hormones, all those things come into play. But I have to tell you, don't be scared of the teen years. I have loved the teen years. I used to think when they were little how, you know, everybody would say, teenagers, watch out, teenagers. And I have a whole podcast episode on this as well, um, homeschooling high school. And it is not as scary as people make you think. Teenagers are wonderful because at this point now, you can have discussions with them, deep discussions. You can, you know, have relatable discussions and you have these people in your home with these beautiful personalities that are all different from each other, but just amazing. And that's where the thriving comes from. It is so worth it in the early years to invest in your children, right? We invest in bank accounts. We invest in money. We invest in futures. Invest your time in your children. It makes a huge difference But know that it's not always going to be easy. And don't get discouraged when it's hard. Don't get discouraged. You can take a break. You can do what I do. Go up to my room and shut the door at night when I just need quiet. Right? Those things are perfectly okay if that's what you need to do to survive and to thrive. But tomorrow's a new day and you wake up and you say, Lord, help me today to raise my children for you. And he will do it. He will strengthen you. He will give you all that you need, not to just survive, but to thrive. So I encourage you, if you're out there and you're homeschooling a house full and you just feel overwhelmed and you don't know how you're going to get it done, you know what? 
you're not going to get it all done. Your house is going to be messy many days. You're going to feel behind in your curriculum some days. But as they get older, it starts to even out. They become more mature. They can help out more around the house. Um, They can take on more of their curriculum independently. And it does truly get better. So don't be overwhelmed. But when you do feel overwhelmed, go to the one, the only one who can give you peace in that overwhelm. Go to the Lord. Seek him. Remember, there's no instant gratification. This is a long process, but a beautiful, beautiful ending. You can uh, thrive. Thrive in the teen years. Um, And it's a joy. I love having my teenagers. At this point, we're doing homeschool now just a little bit together. We do our history together in the morning, the two high schoolers and me. We sit at the kitchen table. I have my coffee, and we discuss their um, history together. We kind of relate it to now and talk about all kinds of social issues and relate it to the Bible, and we have a beautiful discussion. It's like my favorite time of the day. I don't dread it. I look forward to it. I used to, when they were little, dread school a lot. Like, oh, we have to sit and do our history now, right? Now I like look forward to hanging out with them and, you know, enjoying our morning time around the table and discussing the different um, things going on in our, in our studies. So it's a beautiful thing. So hang on, hang in, cling to Jesus. You can, um, you can thrive. You really can. And he will be the one who will equip you. So if you have liked what you heard today, I would love for you to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I would love for you to share it. Share it with a friend who may need an encouragement. Share it with your homeschooling friends, um, your homeschooling groups. Let them know about the podcast. Also, I have exciting news. I have um, two events to tell you about. Um, When this podcast goes live, you will still be able to register for the low rate for the family, um, the virtual family conference that I'm speaking at next week for Teach Them Diligently. That conference will take place the week of November 18th. It is all online. There are 25 speakers. I'm giving two presentations. I'm giving a presentation called A Simple Home, Have Less Clutter and More Joy, and um, A Transformed Family in the Word. I would love for you to join me. It's just $19, and you'll get lifetime access, and I'm putting the link in the episode webpage today for this um, episode. And like I said, if you're listening to this podcast later on at any other time, this won't apply. But right now, if you um, are listening when this goes live, you will be able to sign up for the conference in November. And also, Teach Them Diligently is coming in the spring to seven locations. I will be speaking at six of them. I'm really excited to hit the road again in the spring. And uh, we're making plans. Some of them we're going to together as a family. I'm really excited. Um, So you can go check that out, I will put a link in there as well for you to register. Also, I have my Bible-based homeschooling e-course, which is still available. That gives you lifetime access to 20 videos that outline how we use the Bible as our main textbook in our homeschool for one year. And I'm giving you lots of ideas about how you can do that as well. If you're interested ever in just taking a break from the usual curriculum, um, how you can teach subjects using the Bible. And also, um, I am in the middle of writing my Simply Living for Him devotional. I am 
I won't say in the middle. I'm almost to the end to get this thing done and out there. I'm really looking forward to um, sharing it with all of you. The Simply Living for Him devotional is coming soon. And this is a devotional for all women to just bring them closer to Jesus. One more thing. I just remembered February 22nd. Mark your calendar. There will be a Simply Living for Him day event in Chester, New Jersey. I will be giving an entire day event, um, and that is open for all women. It is not just homeschooling. It is for all women, and we are going to have a great time. More information will be coming, but you right now will want to mark your calendar for February 22nd for the Simply Living for Him women's event. I thank you for listening, and I wish you blessings and joy.